Let's have another clap of appreciation for our worship band today. Right. Heard that song last night. We had a Gideon's banquet, and uh, the man sang that song and did really well. And just heard, I've been singing it all morning. So I came to church today and heard it again. So it's been good. So uh, if, if you are a guest and um, you are interested in learning about our, more about our church or possibly joining, we love to have you in the fellowship hall here right when we're done, 1215. And uh, we have uh, Slim Chickens, the new chicken place, one of 15 chicken places in Monk's Corner. And, uh, but it's a little good, it's different, but we have that, we have enough for you. So if you, even if you didn't sign up, you, if, you, if you don't want to cook, don't want to spend money, you can just come on down and eat with us, all right? So anyway. Well, there's a story told of Franklin Roosevelt, former president, who had to endure long receiving lines at the White House. You know, that wouldn't be a thing now because of security. Back then, you could get in line and you can shake the hand of the, uh, uh, the president. And he complained that no one really paid any attention uh, to what he told them, to, to what he said. So, so one day during a reception, he said that he told himself that he would try a, a social experiment. So each person that he spoke to, they just wanted to meet the president. They wanted to tell him how great he was and everything. He shook their hand and he'd murmur to them, uh, and, and, he would, and he couldn't really hear what he said, and he'd murmur to them. He'd say, uh, I murdered my grandmother this morning. To see what they would say, and they would respond with phrases like, marvelous, or keep up the good work. Or we're proud of you, or God bless you, because they weren't actually listening to what he said to them. They just assumed they thought what he would say, but didn't really listen. It wasn't until the end of the line when the ambassador from Bolivia came and actually listened to what he said, and he said the same thing to him. I murdered my grandmother this morning. And the, and the ambassador leaned in and said, I'm sure she had it coming. When it comes to the Christian life, a lot of, of what we need to do is listen to God and His plan for our lives. But like those who shook the hand of a former president, are we really interested in listening to what He has to say to us? Or are we just, are we just interested in, in, in talking to Him? Are we just interested in telling Him what, what we think? And saying what we think he wants to hear. Are we really listening to for him to tell us through his word? Or do we just respond our own way and not listen to the words that he has said? Today we're looking at a passage that shows the importance of really listening to God's plan for our lives. We are in Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 13. This is the last of the Christmas passages we've been going through uh, in, in this January and February. We go through the life of Jesus. Verse 13 says this, Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose, and he took the child and his mother by night, and he departed to Egypt, and he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt 
I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise man, he became furious and he sent and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Verse 19. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life, and he rose, and he took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are able to come in here and hear your word. My prayer is that you would show us what we need to hear from this passage today, this very real event, very unique event. And not only does it show us how you cared for your Messiah, Jesus, as a baby, it shows us some principles about how you can care for us. And so, Lord, I, I pray that my words today reflect the intended meaning of your, your heart, that you fill me with the power of your spirit and preaching, and that we receive what is said today, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to give you three things that I believe we can see in this passage that God will do for us when we actually listen to him. Three things I, I, I believe that God will do for us when we listen to his plan for our lives. First, God will guide us when we listen to him. He will guide us, maybe physically, maybe metaphorically through our life's journey, but he will guide us. He will give us safe travel. Verse 13 says that when they had departed, the wise men, that is, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And so he rose and he took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. So after the wise men left, God revealed to Joseph in a dream that he should flee to Egypt for an undisclosed period of time. He said, go until I tell you. And he told him the why. The why was that Herod was searching to destroy his baby, baby Jesus, the Messiah. So Joseph, knowing the, the most important part 
of the situation. He obeyed the Lord and he stayed there until the death of Herod. Only God knew when Herod would die. He did not tell Joseph when that would happen, nor did he tell him when they could return to Israel. And this move of Jesus' family to Egypt was also to fulfill an Old Testament prophecy. Look at verse 15. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Verse 15 is a quote from the Old Testament prophet Hosea in Hosea 11.1. It predicted that Jesus the Messiah would somehow come out of Egypt. He was born in Bethlehem, he was raised in Nazareth, but he came out of Egypt. This was to show how that would be possible. Now Egypt would have been about 175 miles from Bethlehem, which would be like coming from Monk's Corner to the upstate somewhere, maybe Greenville. So not too far of a journey, even back then not too bad, but far enough to hide, far enough to hide what Herod is doing. And plus, it's another country, so they could safely blend in and stay out of the sight of Herod, that God would guide them to this area. Now, the irony is, thousands of years before, God rescued his people from Egypt, but now God's sending his Messiah back to Egypt for safe harbor. They probably stayed just a few months to avoid the impending genocide. But when we listen to God, he guides us to safety. There's a book called Kingdom of Ice. It's a compelling account of a failed 19th century polar, North Pole, expedition. The USS Jeanette was the, was the, was the ship, captained by a Lieutenant George DeLong. And it's a cautionary tale of taking a, a charting a voyage with a map that is inaccurate. His entire expedition was based on a picture of the North Pole laid out in a certain map by a certain uh, author. And this map suggested that as they go through the North Pole, there was, quote-unquote, a thermometric gateway that would open up through the ice, that opened up into this vast polar sea on the top of the world. It would be safe travel, and it wouldn't be frozen. It was this kind of unique kind of paradise. And his entire expedition was staked on this map being true. But as he got closer and closer to the North Pole and ice quickly surrounded the ship, they realized that the map was wrong. It was mistaken. And they had to change their chart. We live in a culture that offers and provides us no shortage of maps to live what they call the good life that paint enticing pictures of what life could be like for us if we just do certain things. But many of these maps are faulty. They paint a life of something that does not exist. They paint a destination of somewhere that is not true. And people base their entire life on expeditions, on, on these maps of life, setting sail toward them, not knowing that it is all a lie. But God has given us a true map. It's called His Word. That is the true guide for us. And He will guide us when we listen to Him. Look at Isaiah 
58.11. Literally says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire. Whatever your desires are, God will satisfy them. And He'll guide us continually if we listen to Him. He'll satisfy your desire in scorched places. Make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a, like a spring of water whose waters do not fill. If you listen to God, He will guide you into your heart's desire and you'll flourish. Just like a spring of water. God's promised He'll guide us. Look at Proverbs 3. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all your heart do not lean on your own understanding in all, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths trust god's plan for your life in all ways and it says he will straighten your paths he will take you around the icebergs he will do it john 16:13 when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things that are to come. God's Word and the Holy Spirit and dwelling believers will guide us into truth. We all know this intellectually, many of you do, but do you really believe it? Do you really believe with your heart that God will guide you into safe harbor in your life? Don't fall for the faulty maps. God's Word and the Holy Spirit are the only map you need. And the more you read and internalize God's Word, the more it changes your actions. The more your actions change, the more your heart changes. And as your heart starts to change, your character starts to change. You become a new person. And the more your character changes, you become more and more like your Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's easier, it becomes easier and easier to trust him and to allow him to guide us through the choppy and icy water of life. Because God will always take you into safe harbor. Secondly, God will protect us when we listen to him. Protect us. Verse 16. Herod when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years older under, according to the time he ascertained from the wise men. Herod lashes out in what can only be described as an evil and satanic rage. Just like Pharaoh in the time of Moses, Herod brutally murders all the boys under the age of two in Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem wasn't a large town, so we're not talking about a few hundred children or thousands of children. Scholars estimate between 20 and 40 children, but it's still a horrible tragedy. A horrible thing to be sitting at your house, soldiers knock on your door, rip your baby from your arms, because a maniac king of the Jews, Herod, ordered it now God knew this would happen so he worked behind the scenes 
he moved the Messiah, Jesus, to, ironically enough, the safety of Egypt. This was prophesied in Jeremiah. Look at verse 17. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Now, years ago, Ramah was the town when Israel was captured by the Babylonians. They would take the Jews. And so, as they were now and then, they were now captive to King Herod. As they were captive to the Babylonians, they found themselves in a Ramah of sorts, captive to King Herod. And we know from the Old Testament that Rachel, the wife of Jacob, mother of Joseph, she died in giving birth to Benjamin, the, the youngest child of Jacob. So this phrase, Ra- Rachel weeping for her children, is a, a poetical reference based on a very real event that underscored the anguish felt by every mother in Bethlehem. And it was prophesied. Yet God protected his child Jesus. And, and, and this is a promise God gives his people that he'll protect you. Look at Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you, God says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. Paul says, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. God protects us. We find ourselves as the victim when we are attacked. God promises his protection. Now you might say, but God didn't protect those 20 to 40 children. So how can we believe God will protect me? He let those children be massacred. Well, that did happen. It was a real event. And God certainly doesn't vanquish every sinful act that happens in this world. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus came for every sinful act. But these children who died were an exception. And it was a situation that was prophesied and important for Christological history. And in many ways, those babies died martyrs. And in heaven, where they will be forever, they will have a martyr's victory, a martyr's crown, and they earn heaven in eternity. See, death is not the worst thing that can happen in this life. Dying without Jesus is the worst thing that can happen in this life. And these babies had Jesus, and we'll see them one day. But God protects us. It's a promise. Now, it's much easier for God to protect us when we don't put ourselves in harm's way, amen? It's much easier for me to protect my children when they listen to what I say. If they don't listen to what I say, I, I, you know, I can't protect them as much, right? But generally speaking, God promises to protect you when we listen to him. This is why he gave us his word. This is why he's given us all these principles for living, uh, let alone also the story of Jesus, right? He tells us how to love him. Uh, he tells us how to love others. He tells us how to treat other people. So when we live by godly disciplines, it becomes our character, and our character is formed more and more like Christ, and we are more and more like Christ. We have protections built around us because we are living in the blessing of God, in the protection of God. 
So think about the Ten Commandments, if you know them. As believers, if we're poor and hungry, we don't steal for food. Why? Because we know it's wrong. So what do we do? We rely on God. And we, we rely on God to provide. So therefore, we don't go to jail for theft. We don't get beaten up for taking something from someone. Because we know it's wrong, no matter our circumstance. Our marriages are better. Because we take the commandment about committing adultery seriously. Because we know it harms God and it harms our spouse. So our spouse doesn't have to forgive us as much. Our children have more of a chance for our parents to stay together because we understand that because God has given it to us. We, we honor our father and mother because the Bible says if we do so, we will have better relationships with them and we have a long life. These are all promises God gives us that if we do them, it protects us. And it protects the people in our lives. God doesn't just protect us when a car nearly misses us on the freeway. Or like happened to me a few years ago where a vacuum cleaner fell out of a truck and came tumbling down the bridge toward my car and stopped right in front of my car. God doesn't just protect us in those ways. He protects us by giving us his word. And when we listen to him, we find ourselves protected. He will protect us when we listen to him. Third, finally, God doesn't just guide us. He doesn't just protect us. He blesses us. It's one thing to, to have a father who, who loves you and who, who tells you where to go and who guides you and who protects you. But it's another thing to have a father who gives you things, right? Who blesses you. I'm not talking about just material things. He blesses you with things in life. And that's what God does. He blesses us. Look at verse 19. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. In God's timing, uh, he told Joseph to, to go to Israel... But then he says in verse 22, he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, and he was afraid to go there. And being warned in another dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. So he didn't return to Judea because Herod's son was there. He went to another town called Nazareth. So Jesus grows up in a different city than when he was born, Nazareth, a place that no one really wanted to be from or live, but he lived there. Now, Herod, just so you know, did not die a peaceful life. He did not get away from his atrocities. God judged him in this life. You know, there's a lot of ways to die. Some peaceful ways, which is all of our prayers, that we would all die peacefully. Herod didn't die that way. Josephus, a Jewish historian, said that the manner of Herod's death was this. Death was this. It was an intolerable itching all over the surface of his body, continual pains in his colon, tumors about his feet, an inflammation of the abdomen, and a putrefaction of his member that produced worms. He, could, he had difficulty breathing, could not breathe, but when he sat upright and had a convulsion of all his members, he shook continually and died a horrible, horrible death. God still judge. 
Yes, there's atrocities that happen across the world. They're not for us to, to handle. They're for God to deal with. And God dealt with Herod. And upon his death, his kingdom divided up upon three sons. One of them, Archelaus, ended up being almost as bad. And this was the dream that Joseph had. Don't go back there because his son is there. And his son just massacred 3,000 Jews who were celebrating the death of Herod. He says, don't go back there. Go another way. So God moved Jesus to another town. It says in verse 23, a city called Nazareth. And Jesus grows up in a quiet life, the son of a carpenter, learning his trade. You know, there's a lot of blessings in life. The Bible says that a quiet life is a blessing. Not many problems in a town that no one really knows much about. Jesus grows up, right? never sinning with a great family and God's blessing them because Joseph, his father, listened to the Lord and didn't go back to where they, he was born. Went to a whole new place where God could bless their family as they grew. See, God doesn't just guide us when we listen to him. He doesn't just protect us when we listen to him. He blesses us when we listen to him. Think about your own life. Think about the blessings that you have just because you're a Christ follower. If I didn't know Jesus, there's no way I probably would be married to my wife. If I didn't know Jesus, there's no way I would have four children. That's a calling from God. I would be living my best life, doing what I want to do all the time, and I would be miserable. Because God's plan for you is to bless you as you follow him and do what he said. God provided for Joseph and his family, but he also judged Herod and his wickedness. And God blessed Joseph and his young family by allowing them to grow up in a town where they could be safe and Jesus could grow up, as we're going to learn later on, with honor among people. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus before. Maybe you've tried to figure out how to live your life and what to do or how to go. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day that you can do that. You can say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for, for taking them from me. I believe that Jesus came to this world and lived a sinless life and, and died for my sins on the cross and was resurrected on, on Easter Sunday. And then I believe that whoever places their faith in him has not only the abundant life and a new life, but eternal life. You can believe that today. And you're on your way from God guiding you and protecting you and blessing you. God is fatherly to all creation, but he has a special relationship with his children. Only his children does he promise to do these things. To guide, protect, and bless. Maybe you are a believer that has found yourself off the path you need to be on. Maybe you've fallen, you fell for a faulty map. This is the only map you need. 
Everything else has mistakes, has faults, has misdirection. It's not going to lead you to where you want to go. But God's Word will get you there. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Word. We know it can be very hard in our culture to continue to look at your map for our life. It can be hard for us to to listen to what you say without us thinking we know what you're saying. So right now, as we close our time together, Lord, I pray that you would impress upon our hearts and give us the courage and the discipline and the obedience to want to follow your plan for our lives as your word searches our heart. Maybe some of us in here don't know where to start with your word. Maybe we read some Old Testament stories and we don't understand what they're talking about. Lord, take us to the Psalms and take us to to Paul's letters and the New Testament and show us in anywhere in Scripture, Lord, show us Lord, where you can speak to us in your word. Lord, so that you will guide us and protect us and bless us. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.